1: back to earth station trek a show where we trek from the early days on nbc to the future on paramount plus and everywhere in between i'm charles kelso and it's my privilege to introduce the earth station trek crew keith johnson what's going on folks alan seiler greetings earthlings and veronica daschle (laughs) hi and we've got some star trek news this week
2: oh my gosh do we have (laughs) star trek news this week You know, we've been through kind of a little news dry spell lately, and this week they just like out of nowhere dumped all kinds of new stuff on our in our laps. So
3: um,
2: we have release dates. We have like basically details for all the upcoming shows, which is so exciting. Starting off with uh, Discovery, we'll be resuming its season four on February 10th as soon as Prodigy finishes airing its current batch of episodes. And along with that, we got the news that it had been renewed for a season five, which is great because there were a lot of people online who were like, you know, usually the renewal notices come by now, so there Mm. must not be renewed. This must be its last season. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's always gloom. Exactly. (laughs) And then uh, right about the time that Disco is wrapping up season four, Picard will be launching its season two on March 3rd. Mm -hmm. And Uh, that's good news. It did not get a renewal notice because it's already got seasons two and three in production. So a lot of people were like, so Picard is ending too, (laughs) but you know, they're already in season three filming currently if they haven't already wrapped. So nothing really to say there, but we do get uh, it's season two premiering on March 3rd, which is exciting. Strange new worlds. I'm so excited. Yeah. We'll be launching on May 5th. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen one single second of this show. And it's already been given a green light for a season two. Mm -hmm. So I'm absolutely loving the confidence that, uh, that Paramount plus is giving these shows. And we have now been told that lower decks season uh, three Will be happening this summer, which is earlier than the last, the first two seasons have happened. And it's been given its season four as well. Sweet. Wow. So we have a lot of Trek coming up this
1: year and down the road. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to hear about Discovery season five because I've been loving what they've been doing with Discovery for the this year and last year, and I want keep making more of the good seasons. You know, <laughs> Like <those, when> Rock <laughs> and I were talking about that, like if DS Nine had been canceled in season three, people would have a very different memory of that show. Yep, you know that's very true. Wouldn't have gotten yeah, to all that... the, the really great stuff later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope exactly. they just keep Discovery going for a while. I imagine these actors aren't going to go forever doing this show, but they're all you know they all can have pretty big careers I, outside. I think of they
0: know that a typical uh, Star Trek series runs about seven years
1: yeah but
2: yeah but so- this is a different platform though this yeah. is a whole different uh paradigm it can go 300 years if they want it to yeah that's true Yep. point um so just think of the parallel universe in which enterprise had gotten its full seven seasons mm-hmm. maybe we are in that timeline in which people would be talking about it differently had it been canceled after four years yeah yeah it's so sad <laughs> So what are y'all most yeah. looking forward to
4: strange new worlds um, strange new worlds only because as you said i haven't seen a second of it so it's completely unknown property and yeah. it's yeah. just exciting yeah i, I literally have no, i don't know what to expect which is great
1: yeah i i'm looking forward to strange new worlds a lot um I mean, I I think I'm looking forward more to Lower Decks because that's sort of a known thing now, and I, I mm. like it so much. It's just so much fun. I, I, I so almost said fun. Lower
0: Decks over... Yeah. <laughs> World, so they're like right there yeah, for it, me.
1: Strange New World still has the potential to be terrible, so I'm still a little... Every time I look at <laughs> a, a picture, that comes out, I'm sort of with trepidation looking at it like, is this going to ruin it all? I don't know. <laughs> right.
2: And the only thing that we have gotten so far about Prodigy is that uh, the the next batch of season one episodes happens later this year. Mm -hmm. So nothing definite on that front, but we know that 10 more episodes are coming, which they've already told us that part. So nothing really new and revelatory about Prodigy at the moment.
1: Yeah. That's the big news of the week. All right. Great. Keith, did you have some this week in Trek history for us this week?
4: Yeah. Just a couple for this week, week of um, January the 16th. I got a couple of things that happened this week in Trek history. Um, okay, gosh, I, I there's no even sense trying to fool anybody with this one, so I'll just go ahead and say this. Born on this date, uh, January 16th, 1938, I didn't mean to say the enterprise should be hauling garbage, <laughs> I meant to say instead it should be hauled away way, as garbage. garbage.
3: Yes,
1: <laughs> that one is corax and yes. I'm glad because last week I guessed Corex <laughs> and it was on garbage, so I was just, I was just early,
2: right? Yeah. Exactly. Only that by is a, It's okay. Actor so Michael Pataki
0: quote, mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
0: but I don't remember what series it's from. <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
2: One of the most famous quotes in the entire history of Trek. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's from "The Trouble with Tribbles," Veronica. Oh. Yes, That's the, the Klingon that was goading
4: Scotty into a fight. Yep. Yeah, the yep. great one. Okay.
3: He also appeared.
4: Yep. Technically he appeared on track three times in The Trouble with Tribbles. And then he was, he appeared again in um, TNG as Karnas in the, in my opinion, substandard episode Too Short a Season from season one. And he technically appeared a third time in Trials and Tribulations, but that's, of course, footage that they used from the original series.
2: I was wondering if that's what you meant by him yeah. technically appearing. I was like, did he appear or not? But yeah, <laughs> it right. does count as a technical, I think.
4: Yeah. yeah. One of the greatest appearances in all of Star Trek. I mean, just fantastic. Um, also, January 16th, 1995, Caretaker. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. The premiere of Star Trek Voyager. That's it. Yeah. Um, a groundbreaking show in that we had the first Trek series led by a female captain, which was, you know, looking back those many years, it was, these things were always a big deal. And it was a big deal then. Uh, fortunately, now it's not as big a deal. Um, Voyager had, it's so funny if you're a certain age, you remember Kate Mulgrew as Mrs. Colombo. I mm-hmm. don't uh, know people will even get that reference. Oh, yeah. And then- other people go way back to Ryan's Hope. Ryan's,
2: yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, she was also in, and this is one of my favorite little Trek, you know, mm-hmm. side projects. Is Roots, The Gift, to the sort of Christmassy episode That's that right. they did, that kind of a spinoff of Roots, uh, which she was in as a bounty hunter, if I remember rightly, and Avery Brooks was in, and That's correct. all Good kinds question. of people, uh, Tim Russ, lots yeah. of Trek folks were in it, and, and it's wonderful. So everybody should go watch that.
4: Yeah, and she was also in um, kind of a cult little movie, Remo Williams. Oh,
2: yeah,
4: that's right. Yeah, she played a military officer in that. And so great to see uh, Kate McGrew just and still going. And, and what, what's so encouraging with all the new shows, you know, we've been talking about this. There's almost no Trek veteran that doesn't seem to have some kind of path or future involved with the new stuff, whether they're recording lines for it, or somebody like Garrett Wong, who, as far as I can tell, hasn't been invited to anything yet, but he does so much convention stuff. So it's just really great that all these people with all these shows are getting to do a lot of stuff. So happy anniversary to Star Trek Voyager. I should make this a trivia question. <laughs> on the 17th of January, 1933, Miss Lambchop. Was born. Charles might get that
1: one. Yes, that's Sherry Lewis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, glad glad I,
1: didn't
4: I didn't do it.
2: <laughs> Why do you think Charles would know that and I wouldn't know that? I'm the oldest one here.
1: That's true. That's
2: are true. you? True. I spend more time with puppets. Oh, well, that's true. Are you the oldest? Good point. That's okay. Probably fair, to say. fair. Fair point. Fair <laughs> point.
4: Well, are you the oldest, <laughs> Alan? Yes,
2: I think so. I thought I. I thought I was. No, I'm sure not. Oh, okay. But yeah, oh, okay. Sherry little Lu- Sherry Lewis, man, I grew up on that stuff.
4: It's Actually, nice. same here. She was in uh, PBS's Lamb Chops Playhouse, and her, her, yes. track, her track connection is She Wrote the Lights of Zatar, third yep. season episode. Holy
2: smokes. How did I never know that? <laughs> I'm not, uh, oh my God, I never knew that.
4: You know, Alan, Shut I didn't know it either. Up.
2: Shut up. I didn't up. know that one either. Isn't that wild? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes it is. And the whole time I was like, what the hell does this have to do with Trek? I know I right. mean uh, Sherry Lewis, <laughs> love her, love lamb chop, but I don't know what this has got to do with anything.
0: <laughs> All right, no. Same All here. Right.
2: <laughs>
1: That's good. Morgan, why are you so excited? <laughs>
0: because I, I watched Lamb Chop as a kid too. Oh, like yeah. and not not the re ones runs because she did another one in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So yes. there was like a whole new lamb chop generation and she was lovely and
4: amazing (laughs) yeah for those of us of a certain age again um we remember all these things when saturday morning was a real thing saturday morning cartoons and shows and that's why i remember seeing so many things like that all right moving on busy week 18th of january 1959 dr trek was born Larry Nimichek. Larry Nimichek, right. In Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Anybody who knows Star Trek knows Larry Nimichek. He's all over the yep. place. He's written books, he's written guides, he's running track lands. He was actually on the most recent um, online event that they just held in California this past weekend, the um, Hollywood food event that was hosted by John Billingsley. And Larry Nimichek was one of the guys who appeared on one of the panels there. Um, Larry Nimichek is kind of like a track geeks dream and hero because he's one of those people who came up in the time when it just wasn't cool and you definitely didn't know if you could make a living doing something like that and he has <laughs> he's been chugging along so it's really really cool about that wow yeah i'm um, gonna move on to another one here 19th of january 1926 back to when i love those And I, I literally don't know how to even do a quote here so i'm just gonna go ahead and name the actor the famous fritz weaver And for me, famous Fritz Weaver, um, I don't even know how to decide what he might have been in. Oh, I know what it is. Okay, I'll get an example. We know the verdict. The verdict is always guilty. Mm -hmm. The point of being guilty is that you can show the state. Is it from tribunal? That's it? Wow. I couldn't remember the name of the episode, but I knew the quote. Yes, that's
1: yes, it. yes, yes, yes. That took me a second because you said 1926, so I was thinking someone who was on the original series. Me too. Me too. Ah, right, Yeah. I was like trying to, wait, that's not an original series.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes.
4: <laughs> he played the uh, lawyer, if you can call him that, in the DS9 episode Tribunal, which gave us a great insight into Cardassian justice. Yeah. Yep. Where, and there's actually countries on the planet, I won't call them out, that are just like this, where if you're arrested, you're going to be guilty, kind of end the story. And the point of a trial is not to prove innocence. The point of a trial is to prove guilty and allow the guilty to basically confess themselves, the sins mm. they've committed against the state, often executed, and it shows the people that the system works. And you're always guilty. Yep. One of the great c- tie-ins, however, what I love, Fritz Weaver appeared in what I consider to be one of the best Twilight Zone episodes. And you guys remember what that one was mm. by any chance? Starring Burgess Meredith. It was called The Obsolete Man. And it was yeah, about- not
1: narrow it down too much. He was in like five of them.
4: A uh, good point, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in this episode, so ironically, Fritz Weaver played a lawyer in a dystopian kind of fascistic future where Mr. Henry Wordsworth, played by Burgess Meredith, was going to be executed because he was a librarian. And they were considered, mm-hmm. he was considered useless and obsolete. There was no need for books in that future. And as a man of words and a man who believed in God, he was considered an enemy of the state. And then funny years later that Weaver plays a lawyer for yeah. fascist society, the Cardassians. I wonder if that was deliberate. I think it might have been. It's, it's, yeah. the, the, the parallels are just too close. Eh. Yeah. And, the, well, and,
1: the, and those, those guys making Star Trek at that time were big twilight zone and star trek and that era of sci-fi yes. fans so it's possible i mean yeah. i don't know for a fact mm-hmm.
4: but. absolutely anybody who hasn't seen the obsolete man from the original was well, twilight zone watch it it's a great show got two more mm-hmm. here i'm going to run through real fast 1966 the new harry Mudd. Um, okay J- rain wilson yeah J- january 20th 1966 the new harry mud who i don't like it's the new harry mud but it's not in wilson it's the harry mud portrayal but, okay. but i think you guys all like him right well so yes. so how close from the day of
2: his birth, how close was it from the uh, airing of the first mud episode?
4: Ooh, that's a good point. Like, whoa, a, two years, maybe because um, one, what year was he born? He was born 66. Year, right. So the first, the first one would uh, be in well, the first Harry Mudd
1: episode would have been 66. That's what I was thinking.
4: <laughs> oh, you're right. The okay. part of the, you're right. So the 20th of what of he was born on the same day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think the scripts might have been written, but uh, yeah, I think well if it premiered in 66, it premiered in, what September? So he'd be a few months yeah. old. Wow. I didn't yeah, think so about that. Yeah, so someone had the
0: idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably Stephen Candell was like in the middle of the night, just woke up with an idea at the same moment that Rain Wilson was born. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah.
0: I'm go- I'm I'm gonna go with that theory.
1: <laughs> it first aired October
2: 13th in 66. Okay. okay so he's just
4: okay. a few months old yeah
1: was he nine months old oh wow <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> wow all right go ahead Keith. <laughs> <No problem.
4: laughs> um, the 21st of january 1972 the first acknowledged major star trek convention okay. was held awesome. in new york city now It gets really weird. There are some people who claim or say that the first Star Trek convention was actually held in 1966 in Newark, New Jersey, which I guess is true. But it was a bunch of fans who got together at a local library and showed track clips. So I don't know how they can claim that as the first Star Trek convention. There were no guests. There were no props. In that case, like a thousand people could claim the first convention. Well, yeah, I mean, different definitions for different times. Yeah, but kind of cool that it even goes back that far. Interesting thing I found about that, as, as everybody knows, nobody knew what to expect from the first track convention. Even Rottenberry wasn't sure what to expect. And um, the first convention 1972, they had 3,000 attendees. They had expected maybe five to 600. One year later, they doubled in 1973, 6,000 attendees. And one more year later, 1974, fifteen. No, 21,000 people showed up. 6,000 had to be turned away because they only had capacity for 15,000 people. That's what I
2: kept hoping would happen with Hulanta.
4: (laughs) (laughs) 21,000 attendees. Yeah, can you believe that? That's just amazing. And then last, of course... As uh, Charles posted, also in the group, 20th of January, 1920, the late, great DeForest Kelly was born.
2: Mm-hmm. That's Dr. right.
4: Leonard, Bones McCoy.
2: That's right. Today, okay, another doctor was born today. Yep. Yep. Tom Baker.
0: Baker. That's, That's right. right. And
2: I'm sorry, but he does have a Star Trek connection because, I mean, a dubious one, because there was a comic book series crossover
1: with Doctor Who in Star Trek. So there you go. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. There was also a famous fanzine in the 70s about uh, the Doctor Who and Star Trek crossover. Mm. I've got a, I have got have a. I have a copy of that. Wow. The Doctor and the Enterprise, I think. That's Interesting. Nice. So.
4: That I didn't know. <laughs> and that's This Week in Trek.
1: Sweet. Awesome. Well, we'll take a quick break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we get back, a Star Trek trivia game. So oh, boy. Stay right there. <laughs>
4: I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us weekly as we journey into DC's infinite frontier. We discuss DC news,
2: comics, television shows, movies, and more.
4: Earth Station DCU is part of the
2: ESO Network. Check us out where fine podcasts are found.
1: All right. Who's ready for some Star Trek trivia? Me. Me. I am. I am. (laughs) Now, this is actually the second time we've done this, but this episode will go out before the first time. The first time is exclusive for the ESO Patreon, which will go out over the next several weeks. But we had such a good time. We wanted to do it again here on the regular podcast. So it's a little timey-wimey. Tune in later for episode (laughs) one. You can listen to episode two right now. We're going to slingshot around (laughs) the sun and do the second one first. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually appropriate, given the, the discovery or the uh, Prodigy episode we're talking See about. See how area. everything
2: ties in together? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Yes. Yeah, we're, we, we did it deliberately. Right.
2: Oh, we'll totally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what we're going to do is we each come prepared with some Star Trek. It could be trivia. It could be behind the scenes trivia. It could be Star Trek quotes. It could be impressions. Whatever anybody thought of, we just go around. The circle and we just uh quiz each other and hopefully people will have fun with it and play along at home and if you do play along at home I would love to hear about how well you did you know post it in the group or send us a message if you got everything right or if you're if we got something wrong let us know because it's it's, it's for fun are you guys ready ready
4: ready
2: i i hatched ready
1: <laughs> dang it that
2: was going to be one of my no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> but i should save that for one of my for one of my questions all right who's going first Ladies first. Okay, Veronica, do us a, a next generation no, quote.
0: I have, I have, I have other quotes.
1: Uh You have yeah. different source material I have different this time. Source
0: material. Yeah, Just
1: so everyone knows. Last time, Veronica had only quotes from two episodes. <laughs>
0: it was not two episodes. Okay, so I had this little Star Trek N like G it. quotes, and I accidentally did one episode twice, and everyone gave me a hard time. Then I found another quote from another episode I done I did a total of like five quotes from three episodes, well, the- and one of those was on purpose <laughs> to be the same episode.
1: I'll be hearing about this later. Sure. <laughs> Alright, right, what you got, Veronica.
0: Okay, okay. I'll never understand the obsession with accumulating material wealth. You spend your entire life plotting and scheming to acquire more and more possessions until your living areas are bursting with useless junk. Then you die, and your relatives sell everything and start the cycle all over again.
4: Okay, well, it's gotta be Ferengi, that
1: you're
2: referencing? Nope. No, a no. wouldn't say that. No, I th- I think it's Odo. Yep. Oh, there you go. So that was a good one. I have no idea, and I'm totally getting that from like you know character context. I have no <laughs> idea what episode yeah. that was in or what what scene it What's was he, from. No idea. But that sounds like an Odoy yeah, thing to is say. That he's to? very minimalistic. He
4: that
0: yeah, you're right. Um. I'm not sure who he's saying it to. It's in q Um, So it may be to bash.
1: Oh, see. That, mm. That's smart. That's a good strategy of pick episodes that like q that I've seen. I'd never watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was looking for a good quote. Oh,
1: Netflix chooses it for me and I can't find the remote. So I <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good. Good. That's a good. That's a good quote, Veronica. That's a good, one. That's a good way to start us off, man. That was awesome. Yep. Okay, I love it. So am I up next? Yeah. Sure. All right. So I'm. I'll stick with the DS9 theme. And now, this is a trivia question. Um, this one's not multiple choice, but some of them will be, and they're different skill levels. Just so people at, know, <laughs> ho- at home have an idea what to expect. Okay. So, as far as we know, how many children did Gul have? Oh, seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, All right.
0: Seven.
1: Yeah. Are you are you going with the group, Alan?
2: I mean, sure. Yeah. I don't have a okay. guess, and they both said the same thing, so.
1: Wait. because it's not. It's...
4: Hold on. Seven plus Uh-oh. ZL, eight?
1: Final answer? Oh Yeah. yeah.
2: Seven that count.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just children. I mean, they okay. don't have to be legitimate.
1: Okay. Okay. Is that your final answer, Keith? Eleven. I, what? Now yeah, you're just saying I, stuff. I thought
4: it was eight total if you count ZL.
1: Okay. But what you're not counting is the child he had with Mika... The and the uh the Paul Wraith cult in the episode
4: coming. Oh shoot, you're right. So-
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. He said several seven children, and then there was Y'all, and then there was yep. that one. And then so there was
1: that that little Cardassian baby. So Keith, half we, were, we were pretty
0: baby. close. Yeah, we were exactly. so nine, right?
1: Yes. Yep. And he and Goldcott tried to tell him the husband that it was a miracle. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that Paul Wraith had changed the baby to look uh, like a Cardassian. That mother. is literally one of the most simultaneously cringeworthy and almost humorous scenes in all the track, because when that yeah. baby comes out looking like a Cardassian, you're right. There's like this hush and his, his eyes dart around. Cause he's, he's like, Oh, you know what? And then you're right. Then he does what unfortunately so many people do a miracle, a miracle. And like, right, cool. Right. <laughs> Shoot. That was a good one.
2: All right. Alan. Okay. I have a quote. See if you get this. Okay. Would this be more aesthetically pleasing if it were blue?
1: Oh, oh, um Weyun. data. Weyun. No, it is
0: wayoon. Oh, yes, oh, about a painting.
1: Yes. Exactly.
2: Yes, yes, Weyun. yes. A, a painting okay. that Zial had made. So I'm did keeping you... it in the theme. This wasn't gonna be yes. my first one that I, out of the gate, but <laughs> since everybody did DS9 stuff, I thought of. <laughs> and it was in the episode Favor the Bold.
4: Oh, You know, yeah, if you did as a second question, I think it would stump all of us because it's like y'all, we were saying last week, I have the hardest time getting a lot of DS9 titles in my head because when you start talking about Purgatory Shadow, Favorite of Bold, I I don't know which is which. Right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're either like a weird artsy title that's hard to remember which episode it goes with or like a one word title. (laughs) Yeah. A weird artsy (laughs)
2: title.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Keith, you're up. Okay. We all know, of course, that starships are designed w- with the ability to separate. Where, When was the first mention of that ability to separate?
1: Well, go. Do you all know it up top? I think I know the episode as well, but you called it first. So go ahead.
2: It's the Apple.
1: Ah, ah That is the Apple. You're and right
2: and, and uh, okay. uh, Kirk, Kirk and company are on the planet. And there's, I don't, I don't even remember, something happening up in orbit. And he's like, get the ship out of here separate the saucer if you have to but get out of here yep that's right and never ever saw it of course but exactly. it was mentioned
4: no budget yeah for the fans who can't see that sound is me tearing up my original <laughs> series questions you said <laughs> last time no more original series questions because it ain't gonna work for alan and charles on the show but correct
2: <laughs> and that puts us back up to veronica
0: <laughs> Okay. Okay, okay.
2: Now, come on. You've had all this time. Okay. I love
0: well, the I've range. been trying
2: to... Wait, uh, oh, wait. Is that the quote?
1: Because I no. don't know who said it. <laughs> okay, okay. That would be hilarious if she just made something up and then let us try to guess it. And then it was like, no, obviously that was Insign Ramirez in the episode. Like, oh, man. I didn't know
2: <laughs> right. <remember> that. That's, <laughs> right, know. That's
1: funny.
0: Taken in by one of your own victims and no one to turn to but me. <laughs> I can't remember when I've been so entertained.
2: It's from Cuteless. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to give it a shot. (laughs) Ooh, I don't know that one.
1: Say it again.
0: Taken in by one of your own victims and no one to turn to but me. Ha ha ha. I can't remember when I've been so entertained.
1: Oh, is it Picard to
4: to Q in that time he became human? No. (sighs) I don't know. You've got one me stuck. And no one to turn to but me. I don't know.
2: I don't either.
0: Wark right. in Rivals to Martus Mazur. Wow. I don't remember. I re- okay. remember the, the situation. Wow. I'm I'm literally I literally found
2: it. Not just an playing, playing an advanced level.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and everybody listening who got it immediately are like, "Do you guys even trek, bro?" <laughs> yeah, someone just tuned in for the
1: first time I was like, "These people don't even know Star Trek."
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got a probably a very easy one for you. This is a trivia question. Okay? Okay. and I'm sure you're going to get it. I, this is not a challenge at all. Who does Chekhov claim to be the inventor of scotch? Russians. No. A little lady from
1: Leningrad. Yes.
2: little old lady from Leningrad. Good one. And in what episode? Uh, Trouble with Troubles. Correct. I knew that would be an easy one. Awesome. But I got some that are not so easy, so (laughs) just be prepared.
1: All All right. right. You're next, Charles. I'm going to go next. Oh, I'm sorry. I went early. (laughs) You're eager. That's fine. I'm so sorry. that's okay all right this is a behind the scenes question pamela ferdin and brian tachi two of the children from and the children shall lead went on to star together in what 1977 sci-fi series
4: oh man 1977 tv series
1: 77 is... there logan's run that's what i was gonna say no nope. <laughs> it's a filmation series oh a, a live, live action, action li- live action filmation series uh, uh i don't even know what live action not ufo is. oh, oh you, no i'm thinking of jerry anderson
0: oh, land of the lost nope nope no, that's not sci-fi that was
1: trusted like, marty croft right
4: oh oh wait i can't even think of a live action filmation series no I, right. I don't either <laughs> i know they have Seven. some but
2: i can't think of what they are yeah.
4: okay i can start i can start shouting out every bad thing like <laughs> electro woman and Dinah girl no, uh, but you're,
1: this, you're in the you're in the right neighborhood though. It was Space Art, Academy. I was about to say R two. Also starred Jonathan Harris. Yes. I have
2: never ever ever seen Space Academy. If, if you, you on YouTube, if you
4: well, give me like if you give me like sixty seconds, I would have gotten around to Space Academy because I was getting <laughs> ready to do R two, Jason the Star yeah. Command, uh, Shazam. Yeah. ISIS. Oh man. <laughs> All yeah. just everything. You were,
1: you were closing in on it, right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna throw everything out I could think of.
1: <laughs> yep, they're both in Space Academy together. Nice. That's a deep cut. Wow. All right, Keith, you get
2: to <laughs> okay. take the next turn since I jumped ahead.
4: All right, no problem. <laughs> All right. Finish this for me. Um what this podcast? No. Uh. <laughs> Click. Click. Finish this <laughs> okay. Finish this quote before me, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's Lord Garth. All the others have fallen before me. Alexander,
1: finish. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> Lee Kuan was Lee Kuan Kwan. Kwan? One. No, close. <laughs> was that one of them? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um
4: there were six total. Oh, my God, oh my gosh, geez. no, no. <laughs> and half of them will be all just made up. <laughs> and if I could say, I got to say, the reason I, I chose this is because I know this in my heart. I didn't have to look it up. Well, then we oh should have asked you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't have I don't have, I don't have okay. nothing. So. Okay. And they do the great Star Trek thing of real people and make it up. And he right. says, all have fell before me. Alexander, Caesar, Napoleon, Hitler. Lee Kwan, Crotus, all are dust. Dust.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm proud of myself for getting Lee Kwan. Right. Yes. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree.
4: <laughs> and it's funny, listening online, listening to some other things, there's kind of a, it's kind of a funny little theme that people love it when Star Trek gives real history, and they'll name like four or five people from real history, and then they slap on a couple of people you never heard of for the future, right. which makes it sound so cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Veronica, back around to you. Have one ready
2: this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one will be easy I really am very grateful for all you have done Quark that is why I'm going to let you take my hand your hand off my thigh instead of shattering every bone in your body
1: that's Kira uh, no was it No, or was it that, Groka? No, that was his, his, his. yeah Grilka Groka, yes. that's
2: right, that's Groka. right. Yeah. Good I mean it there. is yep. the sort of thing that Kira would say to him absolutely I was yep. thinking the same
4: thing that yep. was good
1: okay I'm up next I, I, i'm with it now <laughs> <laughs> <thing gets> here. <laughs> all right all right so i'm gonna do i'll, I'll try a quote slash impression okay now the, the character will be easy but you need the episode title for this because the character okay. okay. do you know why you're not afraid to die Spock? you're more afraid of living each day you stay alive is just one more day you might slip and let your human half peek out that's it, isn't it? Insecurity. Why you wouldn't know what to do with a genuine, warm, decent feeling.
4: Wow. <laughs> oh, is that wow bad or well wow good? That's, that's good. Is, it's that's impressive. Good. Okay. And the rejoinder is
1: really doctor. And <laughs> <laughs> what episode? What episode?
4: Uh Brent and Circuses. Yes, that's
1: it. Okay. That's, I couldn't
2: remember the I couldn't remember which one it was from.
1: That's when they're in the I, was, I, got, I made myself nervous because I said this would be really easy to get the character. And if everyone been like, No, who was that? Right, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> All right, Alan, you're up.
2: Okay, what brand of beer did Kirk and Jillian enjoy in a pizza joint in Star Trek 4 Voyage Home?
1: Holy crap, Miller, no, Bud,
2: no.
4: Now we're going to go down that list. Schlitz? <laughs> no. <that's> push. <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon? <laughs> now I'm going to name every beer that was popular exactly. in, yeah. in the 80s. <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: I don't know. I can't even.
2: I see the scene, but. Coors Light. I, okay, you got half of the name right. Coors? No. Michelob Light. Michel- Light. Yeah, what?
4: What'd Michelob Light.
1: Yes, that is it.
4: Wow. light.
1: Wow. I, I knew it.
2: Truly <laughs> never
4: would have guessed it. <laughs> All right, Keith. Okay. In the history of Star Trek, we have had two, gosh, what do you call them? Polylingual people. Two exceptionally polylingual people. Hoshi Sato from Enterprise and Ensign, I'm going to try to quote Picard, Ensign Blahati, in, who was mentioned in Deep Space Nine. How many languages did each one of those people speak?
2: <laughs> Wait, when when we first met them or by the end of their
4: shows? Because she learned a lot more. Good question yeah. when we first heard of them. Right. When we, before Hoshi left Earth and what we heard about Flaherty. Wow. I have 24. no idea.
0: 24.
4: Good guess. Mm, good guess, but nope.
2: I'm gonna say 42. 47. <laughs> that would have exactly. been a good one. <laughs> <way. laughs>
0: uh, 21.
2: Nope. Much higher. A uh, hundred and eleven. That nah. I, don't, I don't know.
4: I, I have no Okay. 80, Eighty-eight. That, well, if you added them up close, bef- a very good point, uh, Charles. Before she left Earth, Hoshi Sato spoke 38 languages. Okay. Already including Klingon. Right. And then she learned a bazillion more, including Denobium, like in the first week. And according to Picard, when Riker was considering command of that ship, Vlaharty spoke 40 languages. Wow. Okay. Ooh. yeah. Was not Saru up there also? I thought Saru was well, going to
2: be on your list. And don't forget Gwen oh, on Prodigy. Point. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about Gwen.
1: Oh. I forget.
4: Yeah, I forget how many languages Gwen speaks. I don't know that the they've internet. told us. Yeah. We just she know that she lot. knows a lot.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. All right. That was interesting. Cool. Yeah.
2: You you okay. educated us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I'm 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 ready this time.
2: Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Sweet. Uh, no edited out pause this time.
0: Yeah. Causing people to suffer because you hate them is terrible, but causing people to suffer because you have forgotten how to care? That's really hard to understand.
3: Mm. (sighs) Veronica,
4: I swear. Can you give us quotes like, we, the people, in order <laughs> to establish a- <laughs> play I stuff? mean, I can yeah. sing that. Because <laughs> I, I am having a hard time on these quotes.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, I, don't get, I haven't the- got any of your quotes yet.
4: Yeah,
0: can it's you read it again? BS. It's Be- from ds 9 season three. Okay. But causing people to suffer because you hate them is terrible. But causing people to suffer because you have forgotten how to care, that's really hard to understand.
1: Cisco. No. Bashir. Kira. It is Bashir. Okay.
0: From past tense part one.
1: Past tense. Oh, okay, oh. that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Oh, well, now. <laughs> Very good. I think he was back in time when he said that. <laughs> 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 Apparently, Veronica's.
0: everyone loves DS9, but they don't have DS9. You're smoking memorized.
1: us with these quotes. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. This will be easy to figure out. How many Star Trek series has Jonathan Frakes worked on? Whoa.
2: Well, not the original or the animated series. True.
4: Enterprise, TNG. Seven. DS9.
3: Picard. Discovery, if you count directing.
2: Of course, we count directing.
4: Um, Lower Decks. Yeah, I think seven.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
4: I got it. Good job. Wow. good job. How did you know something? I fast? count fast. Oh, you count seven? fast. Wait, you counted <laughs> that fast? You mean that was just me being slow? <laughs> yes.
0: I, I am very, very good at
1: counting. Fast. Wow. To seven. <laughs> nice. Counting to seven. Good thing it wasn't eight. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> I almost said eight after I said seven, just because eight's my lucky number. No. But I was like, no, but it's seven.
1: Yep. Well, good job, Veronica. <laughs> All right, Alan. Wait, isn't it you? I just went.
2: Oh, did you just ask that? <laughs> I cannot yes. get this okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quote because I found this somewhere and I thought that's just wacko. So here here's the quote. You should have plenty of time to practice your harmonica. You
4: played harmonica in Star Trek? <laughs> I don't know that okay. the
2: person that's being spoken to actually does play harmonica.
4: I was yeah. trying to think of a harmonica. Me I too. And the only harmonica I can think of is that guy in that awful episode from TNG where they woke up, they revived those frozen people, the, the, the corn bones. Oh, right, right,
2: right, 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 right.
1: Um, I'll, I'll guess that Vulcan that landed on Earth in Carbon Creek. Okay, it is
2: a Vulcan. Oh. Not that one. Okay. It's- narrowed it down right <laughs> we've narrowed it down from one to all the other vulcans <laughs> right <laughs> so think of that deadpan sarcasm uh-huh.
0: the one from lower decks
2: no i
0: i missed part of the question because i was trying to research a quote
2: harmonica. <laughs> you, you, sh- you should have plenty of time to practice your harmonica
1: I don't know. To Paul.
2: Yes. It, okay. It was in the episode Horizon and she's talking to Tripp and he's uh, running something in engineering and she said, well, how's it going? He's like, well, I've got the thing going and it's going to take about, you know, however long to, to do the thing. And she's like, you should have plenty of time to practice your harmonica.
1: <laughs> I have wow. no idea
2: why she said that. <laughs>
1: There's no other, I,
2: I checked the transcript of the of the episode. There's no other reference to harmonica in that episode. I had no idea. So there you go. I'm just go. excited I got
1: an enterprise question
2: right, I, right on. I,
0: I'm, I'm betting that was improvised and they left it in it there just be. because it, it was
1: funny. It could be. Maybe they weren't really allowed to improvise no, on uh, those though. Exactly. Yeah.
2: From Voyager on, they didn't really they, and,
1: they had to like send it up. Yeah, to, uh, I think even before Voyager, they had to like send it up to like The the head office. I'm sure before Voyager, but
2: Voyager was notorious for it. Like you couldn't Mm. change they to them without asking if they did that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. right. Okay, that's
4: me,
1: Keith. All right, Keith.
4: One actor in Star Trek is known for having a lot of stunts. One, there was one actor in Star Trek who was injured doing a stunt and still suffers from uh, repercussions from that so badly that this actor thought about suicide at a couple of occasions who was the actor and what was the injury
3: Ooh, i don't know
0: i feel like this was from tng
1: i was trying to think of who i know that's been injured i know i know william shatner was injured yeah. in an arena but i've never heard anything about him no. wanting to commit suicide no. he had like an inner ear problem
4: after that you are correct what? That was what? it? That yes. was it? And what, what was the condition? Yes. What? Yes. And what was the condition? And how did he get injured?
1: Uh, from the explosion when he's running across the Cessus 3 base.
4: Yes. Correct. You can see them because there's one when you hear these explosions going off and Shatner's running. And you see when the explosion goes off, you see Shatner kind of pause and then fall over. Yeah. Yes. He, he, he did his own stunt. The explosion was a little closer than he thought, and he developed what used to be called, gosh, it used to be called tinnitus when I was a kid. Now it's called tinnitus. Tinnitus, yeah. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. has a constant ringing in his ear, and he said at one point in time he almost, he got uh, borderline suicidal because he couldn't even sleep at night. Mm -hmm. I have it myself, and like, as as I'm talking right now, if I just stop and focus, I hear in my ear, mm. so it started for me when I was like 13. But Shatner developed it in his mid 30s, and it drove him crazy for a while. So he actually said wow. yes. He actually had suicidal thoughts for a minute because he didn't know how to live with it.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so. hmm. that's. And I didn't know you'd ever fought the Gorn. So. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> that's great.
3: Holy shoot!
1: all right right, well that That was fun fun. let's (laughs) take a quick break and we'll promote a fellow eso network podcast show and then when we come back we'll be talking about the latest episode of star trek prodigy so stay right there
4: For the past 12 seasons, Mike and Mike have been bringing you a weekly look at all things geek with reviews, discussions, interviews, and topicals from across the geekosphere. week Now with geek life slowly returning to normal in 2021, join the Earth Station One crew as we look at the return of the summer movie season, preview the fall TV lineup, look at all the big conventions now happening, along with other geek topics. You can listen to Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And as always, Earth Station One is a founding member of the ESO Network.
1: Spoiler alert Wow I thought when you said you had something I thought that you had something like
4: I don't know what it was
3: (laughs) But (laughs) But not not that The way you
4: you said that I thought you were going to follow it up with Ring Around the Rosie
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah talk about the new episode of Star Trek Prodigy This week Time Amok and from the minute I still saw the title, I just thought, like, Amok Time came out 55 years ago. And in all that time, no one ever thought to call an episode Time Amok until now. I know. I thought the
4: same thing. Charles, can I stop you real quick? Okay. I didn't know the title of this episode. <laughs> it's, I'm a muck. <laughs> I watched <laughs> the entire <laughs> episode and never saw the title.
1: Yeah. So when you said that, the I, started, the it.
4: Yeah, I started, started to laugh. Yeah,
1: I started to laugh. I episodes to that <laughs> So it's... I turned I, it on. I thought on. the title was clever.
4: I turned it on. I skipped the opening credits. I didn't have a <laughs> collection on. Don't yes. do that. And so. Never skip
0: the opening credits with Star Trek.
4: Right. I watched the entire show. And you're like, time of month. Oh, really? That was a name? <laughs> right. Wait, right. I saw <laughs> it on
2: screen and I thought, that is clever.
1: That is clever.
2: But
4: it seems, I mean,
2: I, I understand the application of the title to the storyline, mm. but it, it's a shame to use that and not have a Vulcan story. You know, to use that title wasted on a non Vulcan story. But yeah, still. you know
1: what though? Like Voyager missed all their opportunities to use that title, and they had a Vulcan. So, <laughs> good point.
4: <laughs> what did everybody think? It was it was good? You know, funnily, it's strange. I and I don't know if this is because of my old, my old associations. I found myself more captivated by Janeway than anybody else on the cast in hmm. this episode, which is interesting to me. That's really? cool. Yeah, yeah, and I think kind of like the I'm liking the. She's a computer, but she's got some kind of emotions, and it was just wild to see her going through the time thing and kind of encouraging everybody. I don't know if because I'm just so used to Janeway from Voyager and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I, I actually, and it also may be that it is a little more focused on kids, so it might be I'm naturally going more for the older person, but mm-hmm. uh, I actually enjoyed the episode. Yeah.
1: I, I like Janeway a lot in this, I, mm-hmm. but I was really focused on Rock Talk. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's another one yeah
4: how long was she in that we don't know Okay.
2: long let's talk about that really quickly yeah because there may be a detail that i missed in the episode Mm -hmm. how come when the purple shock wave runs through the ship and throws everybody into a different temporal pattern why didn't the person in that new temporal pattern match that pattern like why is everybody aware like if everybody is aware of their own like in normal time but time around them is passing slower or faster. Yeah. I, I don't. I, that was... didn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. I don't understand why there was no one else there. I mean, they, sh- they should be there. Well, they're
2: there. They're just, there. You know, they're they're just not being able yeah. to be perceived by the others right. because they're at a different temporal pace.
4: My first thought, Alan was the same thing. Cause you know, I, I tend to try to figure out the science of track and, mm-hmm. and two, two minutes in, I thought this kind of doesn't make sense, but time travel does it. Exactly. Jayway also says something a little weird. She said that the, um, if you're closest to the, the, the central point of the war core, time would go faster. But then she said, because Rock Talk was next in line, hers was slower. But was she the farthest away from it?
1: No. Definitely. The next no. place they gave for that was that, like a sine wave where yeah. it goes up and down like this. Oh, and that's so right. So basically point. it's wherever so you are Got in it. proximity versus where that wave is. Right. was um, it,
0: um, oh, what's his face? Um, uh, zero. Wasn't it Zero that was explaining that
1: though? Yeah, yes, zero was explaining that and he had the little graphic pulled up
4: but actually when she was talking about the time being slow didn't when there's some weird thing where she threw a tool or something in the air and it, it kind of yes. drifted real so it's, yes, yeah yeah it's like yes.
2: it was falling very very slowly but they're perceiving it falling slowly which means exactly. that they aren't
1: part of that new right temporal rhythm that new right all the all the people acid. are traveling at the regular right. rate of time, but then time around them is moving exactly. And, and and I had the same thought, like Veronica said, like you would think there'd be a rock talk moving really slowly all mm-hmm. the scene, yes, versus uh, and Pod going real fast. But it, it, it's a it's a temporal anomaly in Star Trek. It just works however it want. <laughs> well, that's well, it is always the case. Well, Who yeah. knows the writer, <laughs> right? But I I am really liking the crew becoming more of a crew. Though. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, and and I like that they're focusing so much on the characters. Yes, mm-hmm. agreed. Um f- my favorite moment. So what was
2: what was the thing that they were seeing? Uh what kind of nebula? What was a tachyon. it? it was tachyon. A tachyon storm. Yeah. So what's that? Well, that's a tachyon storm. Oh, Jenkham pog thought it was a physical representation of how he feels.
4: <laughs> <laughs> God, Manifestation.
2: What a great line. God, yeah. I love
1: that.
4: I kind of missed it. Why did they head into that tachyon storm if they saw it coming? I don't know. They're just ambling along. Yeah, right? they, kept, they kept saying Tachyon Storm, and then they're like, oh, we're in a Tachyon Storm. Like, well, did you not want to go around it or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Janeway
0: not be like, hey, this is probably not a good thing to fly <laughs> into," from my yeah. personal experience. Well, yeah. it
1: seems like it would have been fine except for the proto-drive. It doesn't mix well with fluctuations from gravity. Yes, because gravity mm, is the, what keeps it stable. Right. I know, right? right? That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But it seems like that is a big flaw in the design. If your gravity uh, yeah. fluctuates, then your, your ship's in danger. But also, I feel like there yeah. should be more firewalls on that uh, vehicle printer. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> Can't just hack into it. Yeah, when that
2: started, when they just showed the close-up of the 3D printer doing its thing, I thought, well, what is going on? And who is making a thing? Yeah. And then they didn't come back to it. Until, you know, later when they did come back to it and the 3D printer is making a copy of Dreadnought. First yep. of all, that was super cool. I thought so, Second too. of all, how could that even possibly happen? Yeah. Like, how, how could they hack into the system from that far away?
4: four thousand light years maybe something now, like that. yeah yeah now, we do know though that they know more about the
2: well, ship
1: that's true than you'd expect and dreadnought has been on the ship well
2: before. that's true too good point. before good it went point. back in time
1: so right that, it could be that they have and and there's valnacot code in the computer so
2: fine i mean it could just you, be you a, got a, me
1: <laughs> but also though you think that maybe these things are just things that wouldn't be problems if you had a real starfleet crew there there's a real star oh crew yeah true could, compensate for the gravity and maybe right. be maintaining the firewall around the you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um i thought it was a it was a pretty clever way to use something they'd already introduced yeah. to get the bad guy onto the ship I'm i like, agree oh yeah there is I thought that it, thing That's i super, thought it was yeah.
2: super cool i thought it was really yeah. neat because it couldn't have worked with any other character really because yeah. but since he's mechanical you know it totally worked i thought it was really yeah. cool
4: it reminds me of um in voyager the time they sent the doctor back into the alpha quadrant from the delta quadrant yeah uh, yeah across across the erosion network they did the same thing they uh transferred his uh this matrix his hollow matrix so i thought that was pretty interesting too i i i find and maybe one reason i find janeway fascinating is what she knows and what she doesn't know is always fascinating to me because she has all this ability and i think we mentioned before for some reason, it never occurred to her that it might not be a Starfleet crew of cadets. Mm-hmm. I mean, she kind of goes, wait, you're not? You're not? I kind yeah, of think right. she should have kind of figured it out, but then maybe not. But it's interesting yeah. that well, as soon as they said that, she said, well, whatever you are, you're now my crew.
1: Yeah. But also, though, I mean, they've, they've already shown that her programming is corrupted. Yeah. So that there's some, somebody's messed with her. Right. You know, she's got memories that are missing and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll just I'll attribute to that. I mean, I, I kind of like the... The Group of kids, you know, I like yeah. that the show. I mean, we talked when it first started that it was quite Star Wars in episode yeah. one, and I think that yeah. was by design because kids now are used to those kind of cartoons. Agreed. But I mean, it's especially the last few weeks, it's just been Star Trek and Star Trek
2: absolutely. Yeah. And I hope
4: it keeps going that way,
1: yeah.
2: And 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 this one, there were times when I was kind of wondering if the techno babble and the and the scientific, you know, gobbledygook was maybe a little much for that age they're shooting for. I mean, obviously, this is a show that's that's intended to play to different ages. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not. Yeah. Maybe it's just like one of those cool things that you hear a bunch of weird words and you think,
4: God, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, that's what I would have thought as a kid.
4: Yeah. I probably would have, too. I don't have a <laughs> reference because I was watching the original series and I was like six or seven. So I was already hearing, you know, that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was watching original series and next gen when I was seven.
2: Yeah. 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 Oh, I forget how young you folks are. (laughs) I
4: I think, I think what you say though, Alan is very interesting because I've always thought that could be something we could do as a show or even a question a little week, because when you're saying that I, I clearly remember being six or seven and sometimes Concepts and words were introduced in the original series that I did not understand. Yeah, and I and I understood them years later. Yeah, so I do remember a couple of times they would say some things and I didn't know what they meant, and then years later I got it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. I have a question. I am I am incredibly intrigued by what happened to Chikoté. Do y'all have any theories yet? Do you think they were the, the and the crew we mentioned? Are they dead? Loaded off planet. Are they in a transporter buffer or something weird like that? Any, I, I anybody know. have any
2: thoughts? No, no.
4: I think, yeah, I think either he went back in time with the ship yeah. or
2: he didn't. And he's looking for the ship. Right. It's, it's, it's either of those two things, yeah. I'm sure.
4: Yeah. Wow. So that's going to, one of these seasons or mid seasons, there's going to be a cliffhanger. And Jacote is going to show up.
2: Oh, yeah. I think at the yeah. end of episode 10, we're going to see him.
4: Ah, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. Very interesting. Because
2: that's only two weeks away
4: yeah yeah so alan based on what we're saying what we're talking about with the time dilation stuff if the time around them was moving but they didn't ruck tuck said she, it took her 276 tries mm-hmm. to get that thing built and she taught herself quantum mechanics and advanced mathematics right but then janeway or someone said to her no gwen said to her you don't look any older physically maybe that was janeway that was janeway older, right Janeway. way so then how long was ruck tuck doing what she was doing i wonder that kind of threw me just a little yeah. bit as
1: well. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't really and give
2: I, you an anchor into how this time passage was really operating.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So it could just be that yeah, their bodies are aging at the rate that time is moving around them, and their yeah. consciousness is continuing. You know, yeah. at, mm-hmm. the, at or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Or it could be that her species is long Yeah, old. that's what that's what I was very about true. Saying. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how do thing. you tell? How do you
2: tell how much older a rock is? Right. 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 Her right. voice would get deeper. Well, that's <laughs>
4: true. <laughs> if um, if they started out with the plans and the so forth at the end, and they kept passing the plans from one person to the other every time there's explosion, why did Gwen have to teach herself math and quantum mechanics? Couldn't she have just followed schematics or was it that she literally had no skill even to follow schematics? Is that the idea that they were saying there? For rock talk, you mean? For rock, yes, again, yeah, I said, yeah, rock talk. Yeah, yeah, Is that what the understanding was? Uh, yeah, I mean, I expect there's some
1: you know, level of understanding of that stuff you'd need to assemble the device. Mm,
4: okay, because you sure you couldn't just... And one thing I will say, last comment, what I did find cool, it put me in mind of another show, which is absolutely one of my favorite shows of all time, and that is um, the episode of TNG where the ship keeps blowing up, and they, they get stuck in the time loop. The oh, one man, that's such Kelsey an amazing episode. This yeah. reminded me of that, because when people were doing things, even like when Gwen recorded the message to Rocktuck. Tuck, she basically says, I believe you, boom. And it kept blowing. And Jayway kept telling somebody, okay, do this, boom. And it kept blowing up. That was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like this a lot. I like I like how trucky the show's getting. I love this. We have a bottle show this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm really growing fond of the characters. I like seeing them come together as a crew. So, yeah. yeah the this, this show's winning me over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: All right. Al, we'll do. We have
1: a question of the week this week.
2: Okay. So, this week's question comes from our good friend, Vandy Beth Glenn. Hey,
1: Vandy.
2: Her question. Yeah, her question is, since Vulcans repress their emotions and claim they take all actions based on logic, what do you think Sarek and Amanda's courtship was like? And don't say logical.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny, though, because in the 2009 Star Trek, that was the explanation he gave to Spock as far as to why he married her. Because he's the Vulcan ambassador and she's a human. So marrying her was logical. He said that in uh, the original series too, in Journey in to Babel. he said, uh-huh. you, know, I, you know, I never understood
2: whatever he said. And, well, it seemed yeah. logical at the time. And, and sure. Amanda sort
1: of giggles. And, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, and then, and then, the, and the implication in both, actually, he actually admits it in 2009 is that the real reason was because he loved her.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about how the relationship formed. We're talking about what their okay. courtship was like. Like, did they go on dates? Did they? Did he take her to the movies? Did they? You know, what? What do you think was it that that made them? So, yes, go there's ahead.
0: a whole puppet episode we've done about this, <laughs>
2: which is now canon. Um,
0: not it, which is now canon. Granted, it was not Sarek and Amanda; no. it was are and Spock. But okay. we've already answered. Works. This. No,
1: we, it, it was an awkward first date. That's true. Yes. Yeah, I. I mean, I would expect that they. You know. Do educational trips? Educational you know, trips. Maybe yeah. that. I would imagine it's like an old-fashioned courtship, kind of like what we're seeing with Saru and um, Turin Yeah, on, or Tulin on Discovery, where Tarina, You know, they Torina. There we go. <laughs> too too many to names. I know. <laughs> but where you know they're they're not so much going on dates as they are having mm-hmm. conversations and spending time with each other.
4: I think mm-hmm. um, I think a good example of how Vulcan may date can be seen in Enterprise with T'Pol and Trip, even though they didn't officially date. And I think what you guys are saying are true. I think, I think Vulcans are kind of like Klingons where they use a certain thing to explain things away. And I think a lot of times Vulcans will do things where they're actually enjoying things, but then they're like they're haunting and they, they'll say they don't enjoy. So I imagine that he went out to dinner with her. I bet he went to the park with her. I think they took walks. I bet he sat and listened to music with her. He just wouldn't show emotion. And he would probably say things. She'd probably say, Sarah, I'd really like to take a walk in the park. and He would probably say, it is agreeable. And he's probably enjoying it. He probably enjoys moonlight walks. Well, they don't have a moon. They have a sister planet. Excuse me. Vulcan has no moon. <laughs> <laughs> he probably enjoys going on planet light walks with her. He just won't tell her that he enjoys it because he's a Vulcan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer, Keith. Thank you. That's what I think. Um, real quick, and, I, and Charles or Allen may know this. I can't remember what it was. I read a Star Trek book. And this goes back to, oh, it might have been, gosh, was it Spock's World or something? But there was a book that talked about, briefly, Amanda and Sarek when they first met. And one of the things in this book, and I don't know if it's canon, I think it was an Alan Dean Foster book, was that every now and then um, he laughed. He actually laughed Mm -hmm. around her and it stunned her, but it was kind of one of those things was it was a logical thing to laugh every now and then, which is kind of
2: weird. Yeah.
4: So maybe in private, he shows a little bit more emotion than uh, we know.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's the definitive answer. Great question. Which is to be found in a puppet show. (laughs) 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 All right. So thank you, Vandabeth Glenn, for pitching us a great question. For other listeners, if you have a question that you would like to send us for our question of the week, please email it to us at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. Yeah, that's it, at (laughs) gmail.com. Or you can uh, join our Facebook group and, uh, you know, leave it there in a comment or in a post. Just post us a question. We would love to see it. So yeah, next week, another question of the week. Maybe. All right. Well, Alan, where can people find more of you on the internet? CosmicPress.com. And um, um uh what is it called? Oh, modern musicology, <laughs> <laughs> which is my other podcast show, which is all about music and it's amazing. And this next episode, we're we're gonna be naming our picks for the um the rock and roll. Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. We're going to be doing our rock and roll Mount Rushmore. Awesome. <laughs> uh, how about you, Keith?
4: You can find me on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, primarily the ESO network groups.
1: And how about us, Veronica?
0: Feltnerdy.com.
1: And do you have a closing for us this week?
0: Yeah! Woo! This mission cannot be done alone, and though we are divided by time, we can work together. Zero.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm so used to the quotes now I expect somebody to guess I was going to follow
4: I was going to follow that up with (laughs) Murph
0: (laughs) well so I almost did that one but I couldn't remember what Janeway said before he he (laughs) went his (laughs) no I did not that was
4: better that was a better Murph
1: (laughs) thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek if you enjoyed the show please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform give us a positive rating
0: or by shopping for the T Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network,
3: your station for all things geek.
2: I cannot believe that I forgot to mention the scene in which. <laughs> Rock talk is going to bed and she says good night to all of her friends. And she sleeps with a Murph plushie. <laughs> that is the sweetest
4: yeah, scene. That was good.
0: They need to make Murph plushies.
2: Totes.
0: Oh. I'll get one.